I'm Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio. Today I'm spending a few moments with, I feel like you're, can I call you an old friend? I, I would love, love that. I would appreciate it. I would love that. <laughs> I'm going on a limb here. Jared Neiman. <laughs> Country star, thank you for coming by well, back thank you to for, see us. Thanks for letting me in again. You, uh, well, yeah, your your security card code still works, so you're yeah. good. Yeah, um, you know, you have a new album out. We're going to talk about that a lot. Uh, what what's been up? Just been trying to keep it between the ditches. Yeah, you know, coming up on my third wedding anniversary is next week. That's amazing. Yeah, congratulations. Well, thank you. I, I, it's amazing. I can't believe she's put up with me for a thousand days. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> a thousand days. There's there's an, there's another song right there. A thousand days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's been awesome. You know, just yeah. uh, man, just anytime you can hop in a bus with your buddies and travel this beautiful country and jam some tunes, it's a, a great day. Well, you've been doing exactly that. Like I said, you have a new album coming out uh, called This Ride. I think it's already out. Yeah, right? just just came out. Just Friday. came out. Um, let's talk about some of the songs on there. Um, I know you're one of your first singles, if not the first singles, God Made a Woman. It's a ballad. It is beautiful. This is the song, and if y'all haven't heard it, immediately go listen to this, because I'm telling you, this is that song that every woman wants a guy to sing about her. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, it hit me. I mean, it, it, whenever I record a song, look, see, I didn't, because I didn't write that, I found it, and it mm-hmm. just, which I'm glad I didn't, because I got to feel the impact mm-hmm. of, a, of, a, of a music fan when I heard it. And it just, uh, man, it stopped me in my tracks. Because usually I'll listen to a song a hundred times, but it was the first listen. And I just thought, you know, as one of those guys out there that kind of always thought marriage was, uh, well, you hear the horror stories, you know, and it's just, it, I feel horrible when anybody has to go through a divorce. And I just didn't want to, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. But, you know, what you do realize when you do find the right person is that the, the weight of the world fits a lot a lot easier to sustain on two sets of shoulders you know yeah. so in this you know in this case this song just really was like so biographical it, it was nuts and so i was so thankful to nabbit and my wife and i it's our it's my favorite song i've ever recorded it's beautiful i mean it's Thank very you. uh and i noticed that something on this ride the new album uh this is your what third album Fourth. Fourth. Fourth, yeah. Just getting behind there. Um, Time flies. I know. Crazy. <laughs> it seems like this one's a little more scaled down. I mean, you've got some really cool, fun songs, and, and I mean, not just fun songs, but uh, on the other ones. This one has a different production feel to it. Why yeah. is that? Yeah, good. I'm glad you picked up on that. It's uh, so like the last album was it was the first album I did with Jimmy Lee Slows together. We co produced the record, and I was he's such a great musician that I was like, man, let's just try to stack so much on the you know these 80 guitars and try to blow the windows out of people's cars and on this album the songs i was be gravitating towards they were just more uh, had a little more depth lyrically and um, a little more another layer to the onion so i wanted to prop those messages up so i said let's use half the instrumentation but force ourselves to get twice the sound mm-hmm. where we took the time took three years to literally take a you know just a four or five instruments on every song and find a way to where every note mattered and so and also what we do is we would say normally electric guitar would go here let's put the electric guitar in the back seat and let's have the banjo or the acoustic guitar do the lead so we just kind of made everybody do musical chairs a little bit and it was a it was a blast you also have a new single out um that is uh, with your buddy lee bryce which is it's a i love this song it's a fun one and Lee is just such a talented guy. I'm so proud to call him a friend. And, and we played so much music together over the years, just acoustic shows and, mm-hmm. and stuff back when we were eating out of the same dumpster when we moved to Nashville. And <laughs> we're going to make it one day, man. <laughs> one day. And, and uh, so to get to record a song was just a blast. And so we, now that we're on the same label, we can do that. We, we would love to do a, a whole record together, an album. 
I think you should. Oh, this one, the new single's a little, the, a little More Love? A Little More Love, yeah. yeah. That's a fun little song. I like it. His wife found that. And really? So, and, and he put it on hold. Yeah. And she says, well, that sounds more like Jared. And so he was like, well, I'll just ask him to do it with me. And I so like that. It was so much fun. You, um, this one, this album also seems like a little bit more of a departure for you because you, you didn't write uh, everything on it. Uh, I mean, you've, 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 no, you've been known for not only writing your own stuff, but stuff for other people. Matter of fact, I understand Garth Brooks even gave you some pretty big props in a Facebook Live um, recently. That's got to feel pretty good. It really, you know, you hear people say, oh, it's surreal, it's surreal, this and that. But there is, for lack of a better term, that's exactly what it is. And, and you know, you just see, he's like our Elvis, you know, just mm-hmm. to that magnitude of, you know, in the 90s. I mean, he still obviously today can sell out multiple shows anywhere in the country. And he's just been such a mentor for me. I've known him since I was 21. And anytime I was going through a rough patch of my life, whether it's music or personal, He's always been someone that I could pick up the phone and call and, you know, he makes you feel like the most important person on the planet when you're around him. And, and he's just uh, given me some profound guidance and just, so anytime he says something kind, it, it, uh, it, to say it made my day is an understatement. Now you wrote Good Ride Cowboy, which is a hit for him. Yeah, it was, that was one of those, you just hear these crazy stories about Garth, you know, you'll hear, like I, I mean, it's, it's fascinating the stuff he does and never tries to get credit for it, you know, and, uh. One of the things that he reached out to me and my buddy, we'd all known each other for a few years, and he said, what are you doing tomorrow? And come to Oklahoma. And so we were there, you know, of course. And when Chris Ledoux passed away, who was, you know, one of his mentors, heroes and dear friends, I realized that Garth had invited us over to write a tribute song for Chris. And I was, you know, blown away and honored and humbled and by the whole scenario. And, and uh, I just, re- sitting in that moment, I just thought, wow, I just saw how fast, just how fast Garth Brooks is, of a, like fast and uh, like quality, high quality songwriter, you know, I mean, just the best. And so you sit in a room with him and you see how far you've come because you had that opportunity, but then you see how far you still have to go because you realize, you know, how talented he is. He's kind of like the song Jedi. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He's just all around 360, yeah. amazing human being. I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty tall order to write something about Chris Ledoux. I mean, I mean, Right there, just that itself, and knowing the relationship between Garth and, and Chris Ledoux, you know. Oh, man, it was, and I think that's why he called us is because he knew yeah. we were such big fans of him and Chris. And, and when you're that close to someone like Ledoux, it's it's hard to step outside and look at it from the outside in. So we were just trying to help Garth find, you know, that, that pe- knock that pebble off that uh, cliff to start the avalanche of, of what he wanted to say. So it was, and, and I didn't know he was if he was going to record it when we left, when we left Oklahoma, we flew back to Nashville. And I had a couple other ideas for the song, and I just left them a couple of voicemails. And uh, one day he called and said, hey, I want you guys to come in the studio and sing on something with me. So we went in there, and it was Good Ride Cowboy. And then uh, and then all of a sudden he's like, hey, don't leave. He let everybody else leave. He said, you two stick around and play this, another song called That Girl's a Cowboy that we wrote. And we didn't even know he recorded. I had written that like five years before. And so it was just a, you know, please don't pinch me if I'm dreaming kind of. (laughs) Look, I'm still geeking out about the fact that I'm sitting with you first of all, and you have Garth Brooks's phone number. So, you know, I mean, this is a pretty big day for all of us. Um, What the difference between your earlier albums and this one, as we mentioned, kind of the production values and, and some of the writing, but also I was, I was reading an article where you were talking about the difference in this one and, and other ones, because you actually get to have more of a say in what you put out as a single with this kind of with this record, then it, it, it that's how country music has evolved and changed over the past several years. Uh, is the artist has way more it seems like now of a say 
and how they push their product and how they push their their dream and their vision than they used to. Yeah, you got to have a vision. There's just so many, so much music out there now, especially because you can, you know, just for a small amount, you can have a makeshift studio at your house and have really come out with high quality stuff. So, you know, you've got to have a vision. And, you know, like I say, if you sign an artist, they don't have a vision, then they're not an artist, they're just a singer. And, you know, some record labels like you to fit inside an insert artist kind of a scenario and some labels need you to carve your own spot. And that's just where I fit better because I like that, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm so unique and different. You know, it's just the fact that I am not inspired by just following what someone else did. Although it's, you know, easy way out is to follow a trend. And it's tougher to stick to your, you know, stick to your guns and grind it out whenever that trend goes a different direction than what from from what you're recording. Yeah, I guess I guess that would be kind of uh, intimidating for a lot of people to stand yeah, and by it and go, no, this is this is what I need to do. This is better for me. Yeah, and it's tough, and, and because there is a this you know the intangibles of momentum, things swinging in directions. But you know, I just always try to stick with the, the motto of the old you know slow and steady, you know, wins the race just because mm-hmm. I feel, you know, that my inconsistency in the, the production and approaches is my consistency, you know? So I just, uh, hope, I hope one day if anybody's kind enough to sift through the catalog of albums, they'll see that all of it was, you know, stepping outside of my own comfort zone and challenge myself on many levels to just to be the best that I can, at, you know, at making music. Can we talk for just a minute about the Diamond Rio song on this album? <laughs> I was so excited to see that you'd done done a song with Diamond Rio. I'm a huge Diamond Rio fan from way back. That's awesome. Well, I love obviously love them too and they're way I think they're way ahead of their time and their vocals are still just as fresh as the you know the day mm-hmm. Meet in the Middle came out. And I was in my basement. I have a I want to preface, not like 50 shades of gray, but I do have a red room. <laughs> Okay. At my house. Hold on. <laughs> it's not, you always manage to do this in our interviews. You know, you just take it on a different turn. I'm thinking, okay, we're going down this nice little road. And here he's just like, nope. Let's wreck. Let's crash into some trees. <laughs> All right. You're going to explain this. So I do have a basement, and it is as red shag carpet, red walls, red ceiling. No swings. or okay. know, It's a family show. Gotcha. All right. It's a family Thank show. You. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I, the reason I did that is I just feel like I always heard that red's a creative color. And that inside kind of this room... No, you know, you can kind of hopefully tap into, you know, creative juices. Mm-hmm. So I was, it was like three in the morning and I was just recording at my house by myself and I sang a harmony, a couple harmony parts. And I thought, man, that's, you know, in the same world as Diamond Rio. I wouldn't say it's like them because they're one of a kind, but uh, we just decided to reach out to him and just ask if they'd be kind enough to come in and sing on it. And they were, and I was blown wow. away. I mean, I was just, I don't think that not only did they take the song, to another level, but I feel like they even brought the whole album up to mm-hmm. another level, just having their presence. They are they're right up there with the Beach Boys and the Eagles and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and uh, it's I mean for their harmonies and their vocals, they don't sound like anybody else. Yeah, and they don't. They certainly do not get the credit they deserve. You know, they're Grand Ole Opry members. They've have, have so many hits they can't even fit them into the, their concert. You yeah, know, they have to do a medley at yeah. some point of take a break from their hits to do a medley of other hits. <laughs> of other hits, yeah. And I just think that uh, what was exciting for me is there are, as a new generation, there's a lot of, I'm sure kids that haven't, you know, but especially with a lot of new people coming in to country music, to you know, new fans mm-hmm. may not be exposed to Diamond right. Rio. And so I wanted to do that, but also pay homage and um, to the, you know, their legacy. And uh, so I just, you know, it's definitely one of my, bucket list highlights of uh, my life and careers to get to not only 
sing with him, but you know, now you know we we all hang out a little bit and just not been able to call him friends. So that's even wow. more important. So you got Garth and Diamond Rio on speed dial. That's right. It's <laughs> wow. pretty fancy. Okay, we always talk about. I always like to throw you one curve in our interviews because you handle them so well. I love them. And the last time we got to talk about your tattoos, and this time I want to ask you, what is the where's the weirdest? most odd off the beaten track place you've ever had a, a song idea come to you the bathroom doesn't count I because thought, that's too easy i thought you were gonna say the weirdest place someone asked you to sign them and i was like well we have to wait till after the interview oh. to if you want me to be actually <laughs> it honest. is a family show yeah it is okay uh, but the worst idea to come with, with a song man yeah. that's, a, that's a great one um you know what's funny is there's the instances where you're sitting in a like in Nashville, it's the worst. There'll be three or four pretty witty people standing around, you know, nothing with one-liners, your whole conversation. But somebody will just say something, and everybody just gets quiet, and there's just total... Everybody's thinking, okay, I need to put that in my phone because it's a song <laughs> idea. And so you actually have to say, don't write that, or you're not writing that, or you have to write it with them because they will absolutely... I've had, I have friends that, I mean, they do not care. They will take anything you say and go write it and they could care less if you what you have to say about it really yeah it's okay i always wondered if that happened because you know when i mean the same thing kind of kind of thing happens in news you know one person will say something and you're like that's a really good I, i'm gonna i'm totally gonna take that you know and it, i wondered if the same yeah. thing sort of happened with, with and they don't care they just they'll, they'll, they're like oh this i'll fine. give you an example so i recorded drink to that all night yeah you know and uh lance miller was a writer on that and Kiefer thompson from thompson square him and Lance were having a conversation and he just said, they're talking about Merle Haggard, some old Merle Haggard songs. And mm -hmm. uh, Kiefer said, man, I could drink to that all night. And Lance didn't say anything. He just went and wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> then it went number one. And then his co-writers, the Warren brothers went to Kiefer and said, Hey, by the way, Lance stole that from you. Oh my gosh. And Kiefer is a good sport about it. Cause you can't copyright a title. So yeah. it's just one of those things that you just got to, if you don't say something, they you, will go right. it. it. Yeah, so it's wow. And also the other thing is like when you're real late at night when you're sitting there in a bar and maybe a little tipsy and you think you have a great song idea and if you don't put it in your phone or what you won't remember it the next day like oh well, it was so good. So I always think okay, well I'll put it in my phone and the next day I look and they're horrible. Or you just don't know what you were even thinking whenever you put it in. They're like, what? Like, what was this? Yeah, I mean, how, don't even know. Why, why did I put yellow lines on the highway in my phone? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> what was this, something? I don't know. That's that's funny. I love that, that you have to kind of call it. It's like shotgun for songs. I was even asked to say a couple of nice things about a friend in front of a songwriting community. And I was like, you know, one example, I was like, yeah, anytime you get to hang out with this guy, it's better than a good day. And I just all saw them all putting stuff better than a good day in their phone. I was like, this is ridiculous. You can't say anything 1% creative or they just, it, it's in 20 phones in 30 seconds. Wow. And it's a race to see who writes the best one. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's the thing. That's sure. awesome. Jared Neiman, thank you for coming by. Well, thanks again for your time. The new album is called This Ride. Uh, check it out. God Made a Woman. All of them are great. I'm just going to tell you that's my favorite. That's my pick. Well, you got to check out I Got This because that's going to be the, the next single. That's the next one. And it's, uh, okay. it's, it's more of a windows down, radio up, let's rock, let's have a good day kind of song. Everybody needs one of those. Absolutely. We've been spending a few moments with Jared Neiman. I'm Tanya J. Powers. This is Fox News Radio.
pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.